I'm just going to warn some people that we're going to a dangerous territory today. Now, there's a lot of, a lot of famous lines about what we're about to do. And, you know, I don't want to talk this up too much because I might be overselling this. I don't know. Either way, if you come for the king, you best not miss. All right? If, if you've seen The Wire, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the king, I will say, of sports talkery right now, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put that, is Mike Greenberg. And I, he's a volume shooter. I will put that out there. ESPN uses that man for everything. You need somebody to talk NBA basketball and host a show? Mike Greenberg. You need somebody to do a sports podcast? Mike Greenberg's got you. You need a gambling podcast? Mike Greenberg's your guy. So you know want to talk some NBA? You want to talk some NFL? You want to talk anything? Mike Greenberg. And he's, he's, to me, again, I know he's shifted around a lot since Mike and Mike came to an end. But, I mean, hosting a morning show on ESPN and then doing a radio show. I mean, he's hosting the morning show on television and then doing a radio show and then doing a sports gambling podcast. The man, I don't know how or when he sleeps, but but the man puts out a ton of product. Wears many hats. Right? Yeah. But I, for the first time, severely disagree with him and feel like him and his producer, Paul Hembo, did a poor job. Ooh, Okay. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. And now we've we've spoken about this before, and it's not their fault. Right. Well. Because anybody who listens to this show knows that 95% of what we talk about, no matter what time of year it is, mm-hmm. is college football. And so we are in it. We are around it. We, it's just, there, there are some things that you can't know about college football or about anything, unless you're just intrinsically involved in it, and right. you're always you're always cons- you're always yeah. consuming it. Yeah. And so the news of the day is the fact that according to Vegas, and Vegas usually doesn't do things just to do things. Usually they have some information behind what they do because Vegas is a money making machine, much like Wall Street, and they are willing to invest in information. Uh, we've seen it a lot. Uh, speaking about former host of ESPN radio shows in the morning, Trey Wingo now works for a casino. For sure. Right? And so they go get these insiders to help them set the lines and help them have information. They know about somebody with turf toe before ESPN does. Yep. You don't don't make that much money just throwing stuff against the wall. Correct. Yeah, exactly. It is a a science, and the best way to establish that science is through information, and they do it better than anybody, right? There's a reason why you're watching a game, and you're like, oh, it's a a two-point spread, and then it literally hits two points. Right. Right. There's a reason why this happens so often. Right. And so the news of the day is per Vegas, the new favorite to be the number one overall draft pick coming up on Thursday night is Georgia defensive lineman Trevon Walker. Now, that's going to come as a surprise to a lot of people. He, he's been pushing to that top five range. Right. right? But now it's seeming like the Jaguars are extremely interested in him at that number one overall pick. Uh, Jacksonville general manager Trent Baalke uh, had an interesting quote about Aiden Hutchinson where he said Aiden Hutchinson is a good football player, but there's a lot of good football players in this draft. Exactly. Right, and the rumors out there are that Baalke wants Aiden Hutchinson, right? A lot of the coaching staff, including Doug Peterson, wants Icky Iquanu, uh, the nasty offensive lineman might be my favorite offensive lineman in this draft uh, out of NC State. 
Okay. Because, you know, you have that $100 million investment at quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Of course. Got to get some insurance, right? Protect him. For sure. Go get the nastiest dude, the the bouncer who's going to throw you out of the club, right? Yeah. You go get that guy to protect his blind side, even though I hear the Evan Neal argument. You go get that guy. And then the scouts, which I, whenever I think scouts, I just imagine a room with like a conference table and there's like no windows in it. <laughs> and it's just like... 20 dudes all over the age of 50. They all have yeah. the zip-up jackets on. So true. Right? Yeah. And they're all drinking coffee uh, out of, like, styrofoam cups. There might be some cigarettes in there. Who knows, right? Hold on hold on now with the coffee take. No, I just don't come at the coffee. I'm not coming at coffee. I, I love scouts. I, I would yeah, I know, love I to be it. in that room. But the scouts love Aiden Hutchinson, right? Absolutely, yeah. But Trent Baalke, the GM, who's the ultimate decision-maker... Uh, Shad Khan's probably the decision maker, but he likes Trent Baalke a whole lot, which is why Trent Baalke still has a job. Exactly. Trent Baalke is apparently leaning towards Trevon Walker. So this news broke, and they talked about it on Greeny this afternoon, and I should say this afternoon, this morning. There you go. Yeah, this morning. And I wanted to break it down because, listen, it's about a two-minute long it's about a two-minute-long clip. I want to listen to it all the way through first, right. and then we're going to go back and react. So we'll listen to it all the way through first, and then we'll listen to it again, but react as we go through so I can kind of go point-counterpoint. I'm game. Okay? Go. So again, yeah. these guys cover everything. NFL, NBA, hockey, college football, right? But it's impossible to know 100% about everything. Absolutely. And 90% of what they talk about is NFL and NBA. Right, and so there's, I don't want to say some ignorance in here, but there's some comments in here that I, I am completely diametrically opposed to. So let's let's listen to it, and then we'll react to it. This is from Greeny earlier this morning on ESPN Radio. For the longest time it was Hutchinson, and now Walker's in the driver's seat. As the number one pick in the draft, and again, he was, if, if any of you who follow college football closely know, he was about the fifth most well-known player on that defense. Georgia had one of the great defenses in college football history this year, and they used it to win the national championship. But this is a guy who, went, because I've been following this stuff as closely as you can follow it, when these mock drafts first started coming out in December, oh, you have it here. Mm-hmm. The mock draft that, is this Mel or, or McShay's mock? Doesn't matter. On, on the middle of January, he was projected to go 24th. And then as the process has moved along, he went from 24th in that mock to 16th in the next mock, to 12th, to 2nd, and now it looks like he's going to go first. So what do I think of that? It scares me to death if I'm the person thinking of taking him because that suggests that when we stop watching the tape, stop watching what he did on the field, and look at the, the remarkable physical gifts which he has, a person of his size and strength to be... So he's one of these fell-in-love-with-him-at-the-combine kind of people, and he is going to vault all the way up, it appears now, to the number one pick in the draft as a result. So the, so the, the game in which Georgia beat Bama in the national t- championship, that was January the 10th. Kuyper's mock, um, his first one after that, was the 19th, at which point, like you said, he was the 24th overall pick. I am all for using the data science to help you make informed decisions, but you can't possibly convince me that if you were the 24th best player in the country when the season ended, you can now be the number one pick in the draft just because of that. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson had more sacks and more pressures than Walker 
uh, this season than Walker did in his entire career. There's, you have to have some marriage between production and the data science. And obviously, if he winds up going 1-1, then it, look, I mean, you might as well not even watch the freaking tape from the season. I don't know how else to say it. He was, like, like you said, the fifth best player on Georgia's defense, and he might be the first pick in the country. Yeah. They, that's crazy. They have all these other guys. So All right, we, so that's Mike Greenberg. That's Himbo. That's mm-hmm. them breaking it down. This, that's their, their opinion, their analysis on Trevon Walker. He is the uh, fifth, I thought it was interesting, the fifth most well-known player on Georgia's defense. Right, of course. Which, yeah, but isn't the media the one who skews towards who you're supposed to know? Exactly. Like, I get that Jordan Davis, like, he was a media darling. Obviously an amazing player. If you uh-huh. ask anybody who's a better pro prospect, who fits more defenses, it's Trevon Walker. So I want to go back through, and I want to listen to this again, and we're going to pause it and react as we're breaking it down. I like cool, it. Cool with you? Yeah, absolutely. Right. For the longest time, it was Hutchinson, and now Walker's in the driver's seat. As the number one pick in the draft, and again, he was, if, if any of you who follow college football closely know, he was about the fifth most well-known player on that defense. The fifth most well-known. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, he was the, like, when you were naming off players, he was the fifth one that came to mind? Right. Like, like, define most well-known, because if you're trying to say he was the fifth best player on that defense, I can't tell you how wrong you are. Right. I would hear arguments for the best player on that defense, and the only other player I would hear an argument for that was better than him is still on Georgia's roster and Jalen Carter. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I was going to say, Trevon Walker, and here's where I think the problem is, and we'll get to in a second, everybody's misidentifying him. Everybody's looking at Trevon Walker like he's a what Adam Anderson played at Georgia, right? Like he's a Von Miller, like he's a Kayvon Thibodeau, like he's an Aiden Hutchinson, where he's this, my job is to be a stand-up outside linebacker slash defensive end, what everybody is commonly calling the edge now right. in football vernacular, right? Trevon Walker is the guy that lines up inside that guy. right? But here's what makes him special at 6'5", 280 pounds, is he slides in and he plays inside of the guy that's playing inside of the guy that's Aiden Hutchinson. Or if you need him to, on a pass rushing down, he's the guy that goes square up with the center, which is usually reserved for 300-plus pound dudes, but Trevon Walker's in there against Alabama in the national championship game bodying two dudes, like requiring a double team from the nose tackle spot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's that's where, like, Aiden Hutchinson ain't lining up at nose tackle. Right. Kayvon Thibodeau ain't lining up at nose tackle. Let's keep listening. Georgia had one of the great defenses in college football history this year, and they used it to win the national championship. But this is a guy who, when, because I've been following this stuff as closely as you can follow it, when these mock drafts. For- what have you been following? <laughs> yeah. what, what have you been following? Is yeah. it college football or is it mock drafts? Right. Because if you're getting your draft analysis from other people putting out mock drafts, it it's silly is the nicest way I can put that. Because people, and if you think I'm joking or you think I'm being overly harsh, fine. That's fine. 912-342-7184. Let's talk about it. But if you think I'm being overly harsh, the reality is people do this for traffic. They, they need people coming through their website 
And so if you put out the same mock draft every time, nobody's going to click on it. They want to see who the new guy their team could potentially get is, right? Yep. Right? And so when you're talking about a guy moving around in the draft, of course he's moving around in the draft. I've seen Jordan Davis anywhere from a top 10 pick to like down in the 30s just because he's not a good fit, right? It's just, it's the reality of mock drafts. You start doing it, like they say, immediately following the national championship, and you have to change it for every single event that happens. Every single trade requires a new mock draft. The combine requires a new mock draft, right? An injury requires a new mock draft, a retirement. Everything requires you to do a new mock draft. So all of that movement, if you're basing the reality off of that, I I can't help you. First started coming out in December. Oh, you have it here. Mm -hmm. The mock draft that is this Mel or, or McShay's mock doesn't matter on, on in the middle of January he was projected to go 24th and then as the process has moved along he went from 24th in that mock to 16th in the next mock to 12th to second and now it looks like he's going to go first so what do I think of that it scares me to death if I'm the person thinking of taking him let's talk about the person who's thinking of taking him Trent Balky. And let's look at Jacksonville's depth chart. Right now at defensive tackle, they have Malcolm Brown. At nose tackle, they have Devon Hamilton. You're not drafting Trevon Walker to play those positions, even though he can. Where you're drafting him to play is defensive end. Where Their only player listed on their depth chart right now is Roy Robertson-Harris. One guy. Roy Robertson-Harris is the only defensive end listed on their roster. And then their outside linebacker slash defensive end is Josh Allen, mm-hmm. the all-time sack leader at Kentucky. Which, again... Outstanding football player. Had like yeah. 10 and a half sacks his rookie year in 2019. He's really good, right. right? You are drafting Trevon Walker to be on the other side of him. Yeah. So when you're talking about, oh, I'm, I'm nervous if I'm the guy taking this, you're drafting to switch it to the other side. You need something on the other side. Ben Anderson says I sound salty. Why would I be salty? I'm not a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. <laughs> right? It's true. Yeah. I, I just, it, it kills me. It's just, it's, if you came out and said, I don't think it's a good fit, it's just all the misconceptions about what Trevon yeah. Walker is as a football player. For sure. Because that suggests that when we stop watching the tape, stop watching what he did on the field, and look at the the remarkable physical gifts which he has. Watch the tape. Yeah. Go watch the tape. Go watch him eat double teams against teams and split guys. Uh, There's a sack against Missouri where he literally picks up an SEC offensive guard, picks him up off the ground, deposits him on his back, and gets the sack. I encourage you to watch the tape. This isn't a guy who's had bad tape and he showed out of the combine. It's a guy who had great tape and showed out of the combine. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with that. Sorry, I'm trying to speed up, but a person of his size and strength to be. So he's one of these fell in love with him at the combine kind of people, and he is going to vault all the way up. It appears now to the number one pick in the draft as a result. So, the, so the the game in which Georgia beat Bama in the national championship that was January the 10th. Kuyper's mock. Um, his first one after that was the 19th, at which point, like you said, he was the 24th overall pick. I am all for... Okay, before he continues, if you go back and watch the national championship game, before that, Trevon Walker was going 12th in McShay's mock draft. So, not that astronomical of a climb, but let's continue. Using the data science to help you make informed decisions. 
But you can't possibly convince me that if you were the 24th best player in the country when the season ended, you can now be the number one pick in the draft just because of that. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson had more sacks and more pressures than Walker uh, this season than Walker did in his entire career. All right, again, we're going to the position thing. And I don't want to take away from Aiden Hutchinson because I think Aiden Hutchinson is a bona fide top 10 pick. I have spoken on the show before about the fact that I don't think he's the best player in this draft. Now, Ben Anderson writes in, no, but as uh, somebody who follows Georgia extremely close, you're going to take up for your guys like nobody else. I have said multiple times on this program, you go back and listen to the podcast, I would take an offensive tackle. It just makes the most sense for Jacksonville. You protect your investment in Trevor Lawrence, right? I'm just, I'm dealing with the misconceptions right now around Trevon Walker. Yes, Aiden Hutchinson was extremely productive this year, but we've talked about it. Nine of his sacks came in three games. And go back and watch the college football semifinal. He got bodied by Jamari Sawyer, mm-hmm. who's projecting as a guard in the next in the next level. Not what you want to see. Yeah. Right. Got yeah. absolutely bodied by him. Mm-hmm. Right. Trevon Walker is a defensive lineman. Aiden yep. Hutchinson is a stand-up edge rusher. There's there's a very big difference. There's you have to have some marriage between production and the data science. And obviously, if he winds up going one-one, then it Look, I mean, you might as well not even watch the freaking tape from the season. I don't know how else to say it. He was, like like you said, the fifth best player on Georgia's defense, and he might be the first pick in the country. Yeah. It, again, trying to be nice, it's ignorant is the best way I can put it. If you right. go back and watch the tape, I think the tape speaks for itself, and I think that's why he is now the odds-on favorite to be number one. Yep. Again, that's okay. So you're somebody who is not affiliated with Georgia in any way whatsoever. Right, no, for sure. As I sit here and try to make this argument <laughs> in a Georgia hockey shirt. Uh, yeah, no, it's difficult. Uh, your thoughts sense, quick, because I know we got to go break. We're going to catch up with Lindsey Goff uh, coming up next to break down the spring game from up in Statesboro. But your thoughts? Well, that's the thing. It is, uh, I think there's a lot of credit to what you're saying, even if you are wearing a Georgia hockey shirt. Uh, I mean, you, you go back and listen to what you're saying, and, you know, it's it's all the misconceptions of what these what these guys are saying for sure. Um, I I think the I think the producer there at the end goes with a a much less careful phrase than Greeny does in the beginning. Like you said, the the fifth most well known player on this defense is a very careful phrase because he do, doesn't want to say he's the fifth best, and that's because he's not. He's not the fifth best. He's he's an incredible football player. Also, I think. Not only the misconception of what position he plays and what kind of pressure he's going to get from that position, but also you start talking about... They're they're really making the argument that I normally make about football players, especially ones that do well in the combine, and you look at their production, it's it's not really there. But they're using it in the wrong place. They're using it on the wrong guy. I think this is 100% a guy that if teams are getting higher on him right now, it's because... They're watching more of his tape and, and breaking down that defense even more and selecting those guys they want to go after from that defense. And the fact is, like you said, he's been, he's been showing out all year. He was one of the most impactful players on that team, and he's not going to have the same kind of stats that an edge and an outside linebacker, a defensive end right. in, a, in a 4-3 scheme is going to have because he's not that type of player. No, he's the guy who's so, eating up the double teams exactly. to let your edge rusher yeah. get to that. we got to take For a sure. break. We're going to come back. Lindsey Goff, sports director at WTOC, going to join us, break down the spring game from Georgia Southern. First time we got to see the new Clay Helton high-flying offense, over 700 yards of yeah. offense on Saturday. We'll break it down with Lindsey next right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations 
in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. Over the weekend, we had a ton of college football. Got our first look at a lot of head coaches around the country. But locally, we got our first look at the Clay Helton era there at Georgia Southern. To break it down, she was in Statesboro on Saturday. Sports Director for WTOC in Savannah, Lindsey Goff, joining us. Lindsey, we appreciate you taking some time. I'm assuming on what is your day off uh, to hang out with us over here uh, in Loserville on the radio. It is my day off, but, you know, I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to put on makeup, so we're, we're doing all right. Yeah, no, just a little vet visits, and, you know, we're just making sure the pups are okay. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, she's good. She, she got an allergy shot, and she's all good. Well, I know you were up in Statesboro on Saturday, got your first look there at the high-flying Clay Hilton, Brian Ellis offense, and I think you were one of the people that tweeted it out, just kind of shocking to see an offense uh, in Statesboro coming out and slinging the ball around that much. Yeah, uh, no more triple option, that's for sure. Um, that's the most I think I've ever seen them throw the ball. And they did run the ball. I mean, they haven't totally strayed away from that. I would say it's a lot more um, evenly split run pass. But they had like almost 700 yards of offense, and like over 400 of that was through the air. So definitely a new era of Georgia Southern offense, that's for sure. I know in the spring games we'll see a lot more passing than running just because you're not trying to get guys hurt and you're just not going to pound uh, on the line of scrimmage like you would uh, in a regular game. But that being said, how interesting was it to see what I thought was one of the bigger storylines, the fact that you had a lot of wide receivers last year who were used to getting maybe one or two targets a game, really kind of stepping up there, especially in the first half, guys that have already been at Georgia Southern, uh, stepping up at that wide receiver position uh, and just making plays down the field. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, and like I said, it's really different. They even had some guys who have played quarterback, like Connor Klegsky, um, moving over to wide receiver. So you've kind of seen a shift in positions and guys moving around doing different things than where we've seen them before. And, of course, they're not going to showcase everything in the spring game. I don't even think they fully like installed the offense, to be honest. I think they have most of it, but not all of it. So, of course, we haven't seen everything they're going to do, but um, – Definitely going to be a different look for the Eagles this year. What did Clay Helton say was his objective uh, up there on Saturday, and did he feel like he accomplished it? You know, I think the big thing for them was starting to get the install and all that stuff, and just these guys getting to know each other. They've brought in some transfers, different people, um, the staff learning the players, the players learning the staff, them learning each other, kind of meshing that all together. And he said they did really good work in the weight room too, kind of transformed a lot of guys. Um, so just trying to get that new look. Now the defense, they from the way they talked, the defense is not nearly as progressed as the offense. Hilton even said that he kind of laughed about it. He was like, you know, we kept it simple, especially because we're on TV. And Tyler Bride even said the same thing, you know, the big thing for the defense was they've, they've switched up their defense as well, just learning everybody, learning these new positions. Sometimes they'll have like five DBs in the backfield, he said. So they're not nearly as far along as the offense, but you know, I, I don't think we can panic yet. Don't take too much away from the spring game. It is just a spring game, and they've still got fall camp. But the offense a lot further along than the defense. From what you saw, who would you imagine is leading this team at quarterback come the fall? Uh, I would say it's going to be the uh, transfer quarterback, uh, Van Treese. What's his name? Kyle Van Treese. Yeah, from Buffalo. Um, I I think he's going to be the number one guy. And they said, even though Clegg, he came out, 
second after him. Uh, they're not prepared to name a number two guy until the week of the first game. So, yeah, so potentially Stetson Bennett, not the only six-year senior uh, starting in the state of Georgia coming up this year. They have uh, a pretty brutal schedule for anybody coming in uh, to a Sunbelt team in their first year. I know at Nebraska, at UAB, at Coastal Carolina, at Georgia State, at Louisiana. What are the expectations around this program going into the first year of Clay Helton? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't have a good grasp on what the fans expect from this team. Uh, I expect they're going to perform better than they did last year. That's for sure. Um, but, but it's so hard to gauge, I think, when you have a whole new staff, a whole new group of players, and you have Sunbelt teams that have been playing better. We've seen Louisiana play good. We've seen Coastal Carolina play really good. Georgia State played well down the stretch last year. So it, it's so hard to gauge, I think, the fan base's expectations with so much newness, and we don't know. I guess, there's, there's not like a precedent, you know what I mean? We don't know fully what this team is capable of. And in comparison to the rest of the teams in the conference and how good they've played, but they're going to have to do better. That's for certain than they did last year. It's, it's going to have to be better. Um, people are going to lose their patience. I think uh, you can't see all these other programs in the conference kind of come and pass you by and not see growth. So while you know, I mean, they might not win ten games, but I think a bowl game would be reasonable and definitely a winning record I think is expected well even if they don't make a bowl because like I, again I'm looking through this schedule and I'm, I'm struggling to find six wins and I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong but even if they don't but they can make it exciting right if it's instead right. of instead of losing games 26 to 17 if you can lose them 42 to 38 just make them at least exciting and put up a ton of stats do you think that could hold over Georgia Southern fans for a year because again much like and hopefully it doesn't take this long, but much like what's happening up at Georgia Tech, this is a big transition personnel-wise uh, from one scheme to the other. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. They just they need to be competitive, and they need to show that they're competitive and they're trending in the right direction. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's definitely fair. What was the support like there on Saturday? It was good. There were quite a few fans there. Southern reported that there were over 4,000 fans. Now, I don't know you know. You know they could inflate those numbers. <laughs> Lindsay, are you uh, are you accusing them of uh, creative numbers? Every school does it. Every school does. I think every it. team but does it. It it was it was a good crowd. The student section wasn't that great. I'll say that. But as far as like regular people, it it was a pretty good crowd. You know the parking lot was full. The stands had people. The hillside had people. They did autographs afterwards, and the field was packed full of people so overall it was it was a good turnout for a spring game so just to confirm uh, teams fudge this is per lindsey goff teams fudge the numbers for attendance and also students aren't regular people <laughs> yeah exactly all right perfect uh before we let you go though i gotta ask because i know there's there's another team near and dear to your heart another team that wears uh blue and white i know dialing your phone number there still to get kentucky on the mind there are y'all still going to be competing with georgia there late october into november for that sec East Championship come this fall? I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. We'll see. Yeah, you don't have faith in Will Levis? What? You don't have faith in Will Levis? I I don't not have faith in Will Levis. I don't know what that means. Uh, I feel like you're talking in circles now. We're losing Wondell Robinson. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not prepared to say that Kentucky's king of the East, but 
Are they in the mix? I think yes. I will put this out there, though. I feel like Kentucky, because like you have LSU, which is DBU, uh, Georgia's RBU, Alabama is defensive lineman U, right? I think Kentucky is like cool player U. Like you have linebacker the... U. Are you kidding me? They're what U? Linebacker. Uh, I think PJ and Penn State would have an argument uh, with that one, but I think they're cool player U. Like Jared Lorenzen, one of the coolest players ever. Uh, but then, like in more recent years, Randall Cobb, really cool player. Benny Snell, really cool player. And then you mentioned Wandell, really cool player. Kentucky, every single year, just seems like they have a player that's like going to go like second, third round, but they're going to be awesome and a fan base is going to fall in love with them. Yeah, that's valid. And then uh, we'll have to bring you on again in the future to argue with PJ about linebacker you. Who would be like your top three linebackers that you would put up there for linebacker you? Jamin Davis just got drafted out of Kentucky. Okay, just got drafted. Then we had Bud Dupree, okay. Avery Williamson, Wesley Woodyard. All right, yeah, we're going to have to bring you on in the future to argue with PJ because I think he'd start with LeVar Arrington and then go from there. But, Lindsay, I know you got to go. We appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you in the future. We'll have you and PJ on to battle out LBU. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. WTOC Sports Director Lindsay Goff, kind enough to take some time with us. We'll be back with more. we got some NFL draft talk next right here on ESPN Radio. This is absolutely just a head nodder. Oh, yeah. I just looked over at PJ, and he's just, like, <laughs> slowly nodding his head back and forth. That's it. This is This is... Riding around aimlessly on a Saturday, just just bobbing your head back and forth, maybe on the way to and from the beach. Or a road trip. This or, is a really good road trip. Or a road trip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, quickly here, PJ. Lindsey Goff just made a bold claim. Yeah. That Kentucky is linebacker U. I'm trying to say that they're cool player U, just because they have like the, the weird random niche player that you find in the third round. I think you have a very good point. Like a Benny Snell. Like, the Steelers love taking them, Benny Snell and Bud Dupree, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they have those cool players that you find, or Randall Cobb, right? That you're just like, God, True. that guy was lit. Hoodie Cobb, yeah. Right, that guy was yeah. lit. The Packers king of, the Packers are hoodie you. It's true. <laughs> Greg <laughs> yeah. Jones. But I just feel like she made a bold claim when she went on to say they are linebacker you. Because they have had guys like Josh Allen. Big time, who was yeah. a Who was a top 10 pick. You have guys like Wesley Woodyard, who's been an amazing pro. Uh, you have Jamin Davis, local guy, just got drafted. Uh, there's there's a, a sure. whole bunch of really good linebackers, but yeah, not, I feel like you're school. So I need yeah. top three linebackers that you would counter with. Just quick. I don't need like an explanation. Are you just, kidding me? I just need three names. We'll, do, we'll, we'll dive into it when Lindsay comes back on, but I need the three linebackers that you would put out there like Pokemon that would, to battle her linebacker. Okay, well, I feel like she, she named a lot of recent guys, and I can do that too. Just, just three top. Well, I mean, the top one, obviously, is LeVar Aaron. Well, yeah, the GOAT. Maybe the best college linebacker ever. I think the next one you go to... Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, and then this is really difficult because, like, it's like the tier list. No, right? who, no, no, come on, who, who, top who, of mind. Who do you go top to of next? mind. All right, fine. Just off the last like twenty years, you have Lavar Arrington. Yep. Sean Lee. Let's go. And I almost said something bad. And heck, why not? Even though he's only had a year in the league. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. I'd put Navarro Bowman in there. Navarro Bowman. Paul Puzlesny. Let's go. Dan Connor. Jack Ham. We're coming for you, Lindsey. Come on. Let's get after it. Get out of here. Even though Kentucky beat Penn State the last time they played in a football game. Tom Ali. Tom Ali. But again, Kentucky beat Penn State the last time they played in a, a football game. But That's fine. Who played in that game? Mo- moving on. Benny Snell and Josh <laughs> Allen. Just ballers. Like, yeah, they I are watched that. I was at that game yeah. watching the whole time. Like, I hate this, but those guys are so good. Yeah, like, they're, I they're, love they're watching them play. 
Yeah. Uh, no Braves tonight. Uh, they got a three-game set coming up against the Cubs. Braves currently 7-10 and on the year, and it's just been kind of clunky. It's hard to get the same emotion out of me. I guess it's, yeah. Transitioning yeah, to no. this. PJ is at his best when he's talking about former Penn State <laughs> players. Like, aren't we all? Uh, but Aren't we all? <laughs> okay, but, anyway. <laughs> that being said, the Braves, they, I don't really want to say struggling. It's just they can't string anything together. They, And I, when I say string together, I don't mean like one unit. I mean, if a starting pitcher comes out and gives you a good day, then the bullpen fails and yeah. you can't get any offense across. Right. right. If the offense gets going like it did on Saturday night, bullpen can't do anything. Right. So it's just nothing is matching up right now for the Braves, which I feel like if you start getting two thirds of that to match up, like if one night you can get the bullpen and the bats going, you're going to win that game. If one night you can get the starting pitching and the bullpen going, you're going to win that game. I just, nothing's matching up for the Braves right now. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button, but I also think what's kind of keeping Braves fans calm right now as the Mets have gotten off to a really good start, which mm-hmm. we, we kind of knew that they would with that pitching uh, and they're healthy. I think the thing that's kind of keeping Braves fans relaxed, I guess is the best way to put it, is Ronald Acuna's just tearing it up down in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. Right? And he's looking like he'll be back very soon for the Atlanta Braves. I don't know, Kevin, do we have an update? When's Acuna going to be back? Probably next week, that hard-hitting reporting there from Kevin Thomas. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere around there. But it's just, okay, hey, what do you do when your team's struggling? You go out and make a move, get an injection into the lineup, right? You have that built-in thing ready. Like You literally have what I'd argue is the best player in baseball. Just waiting. Waiting in the wings. At Mm -hmm. least top five. Yeah. Right? Waiting in the wings. And once he comes back in, that lineup just looks completely different from an offensive and Lord knows the Braves need a defensive injection to that outfield because yeah. that is rough right now. It looks like beer league softball in the outfield right now. And this is a perfect situation for, for what I was scared of, right? Like, just, I, I get it. You want the injection. You want it as fast as you can. He's tearing it up, as you mentioned. Looks comfortable, everything like don't that. Don't say it. Don't, don't rush say it, it, man. Don't say it. Just don't rush it. Just stop. Slow down a little bit. Of course, you want him in there as fast as possible. You want the team to be playing better. And again, like you said, it's, it seems like when one thing is great, another thing is giving up the game. Please, God, just don't rush it. Yeah. Or just don't let him play on turf fields, but that's a whole other thing. That well, yeah. I yeah could, I could get we would uh, need a, a little bit more of an upheaval. Yes. But again, the Braves, the Braves have all three of, of their hitters going. I shouldn't say hitters in terms of baseball. The, their three best arms going. Against the Cubs, right? The Cubs, right? You'll have uh, Max Freed, Charlie Morton, and Kyle Wright all set up to go against yeah. the Cubs. So it feels like a series you could win. And look, if you sweep the Cubs, you're back to 500 and you're feeling pretty good. Right now, the Cubs aren't great. Cubs 7 and 9, so just a half game ahead of you right now in the National League standings. But again, it's just been kind of a clunky start for the Braves. Kevin's talked about it. You took a week patting yourself on the back. It just doesn't really feel like they've started the season yet. So, yeah. well, uh, you got a day off today to kind of lick your wounds, then get going against the Cubs tomorrow night. All right. While we have some time left here in the same, I want to go back. Do you feel like I was overzealous or too emotional or overly critical of Mike Greenberg there in that first segment? No, not at all. I, I thought everything you said was very calculated. Were you like, were you passionate about it? You know, were, was there some you know, annoyance and some frustration behind your eyes, I think. Yeah, sure. But I think that that makes the point even better. And when you let that 
take over your whole point. What you're saying isn't true. That's one thing. But everything you said was calculated and, and to the point. And like I, I like the way you did it as well, going back phrase by phrase and really breaking down. All right, no, no, like this ain't right. This is a misconception. Like this isn't even true. Right. So yeah. I, does I, does I Mike Greenberg even good. know or very care effective. who I am? No. Well, no, exactly. Like he said no. my name before. We played on the station liners before. Yeah, he for says, sure. Hey, I'm so, Mike Greenberg. You should listen to Second Down. Exactly. But and he, hey, he nailed he my last name. name. Yeah. He nailed my last name too. So credit to Mike Greenberg. But uh, yeah, it's just I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'll bring Kevin Thomas into this because I know he has said it on the radio as well. It just. You don't want to sound like a gatekeeper because college football is for everyone. Right. But when these guys and gals whose job it is to talk about literally every sport mm-hmm. and talk about the biggest storylines, and I think it's we, we notice it so much because we how much we love college football, when they dive into the minutia of college football, yeah. it's just it's kind of... <clears throat> they're simply not there yet because they're not involved with the minutia right. because they're not around it 24-7. They're, they're trying yeah. to be everywhere else, which again... We understand, uh, but but sometimes you say something like this, and it yeah. kind of gets called out a little bit. So now to com- completely get that. Uh, I mean, one of the things that that I think you said that we can blatantly disagree with is I've been involved with this and studying this as much as anyone else. Yeah. Out there, and, and and see, I don't know if he was talking about mock drafts, mock drafts themselves, or, or actually the football. players. Yeah, yeah, no, true. When you say something like, like that, you keep God, it kind of open and ended. Like, honestly, God, over under, like going back and watching these, and it's just it's impossible. Over under five Georgia games from last year that Mike Greenberg consumed. I think they probably watched the playoff games and probably the SEC championship. Maybe right, maybe maybe Clemson Georgia to start the year. Probably the, like the first half. Right. It's just, and it's even a, then, they watched it then. They it, probably didn't go back. But it's impossible to consume everything, and so you do what BJ does, which is you go look at stats, right? And so when somebody's telling you that one guy's an edge rusher and the other guy's an edge rusher, and you compare your stats, you're like this edge rusher is clearly better. So one of them was not an edge rusher. Yep. I just, I'll, I'll finish <laughs> yeah. my thought on this. If you're labeling Trevon Walker as an edge, you're doing it wrong. Right. He's a defensive lineman. He's a zero tech. He's a two tech. He's a four tech. He's whatever you need him to be. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, would be an excellent addition to line up on the opposite side of Josh Allen and that Jaguars defense. But I will go back to what I've been harping on continuously. You have the number one overall pick. Go get Evan Neal. Yeah. Go get Iki Aquanu. Mm-hmm. Go get somebody who is going to massacre anybody trying to get near Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. Because the worst thing that can happen is you go with a, the B option at left tackle and Trevor Lawrence gets rolled up on from behind. And nine times out of yeah. ten, like nine, nine times out of ten, when you have these discussions and you're saying, well, the general manager really wants this guy, but the coaches and the guys yeah. who, who deal with this thing every day and, and are looking at certain players and saying, man, that guy's a monster. Yeah. I want to listen to them first. Well, just, no, just to, recap, the, just to recap. They want the offensive line. Right now the reports are Balky, the GM, loves now, I've been talk, uh, Trayvon, Trayvon Walker. Walker yeah, yeah I, I, loves him, wants him. Scouts for the Jaguars love Aiden Hutchinson. Leadership, intangibles, stats, Blech. right? Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl winning head coach, <laughs> wants a damn left tackle. Yeah, give the man a left tackle. Go get one. Give him a left tackle. So that's that's where I'm at on that. Just trying to correct some misconceptions around Georgia defensive lineman Trevon Walker. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down.
You want to know what's happening with the Jaguars? John Shipley is going to be on with the fellas coming up next. Not former Texas wide receiver Jordan Shipley. <laughs> no. John Shipley. Join in three and out next to break down where the Jaguars are at heading into Thursday's draft. Speaking of which, we'll be somewhere for Thursday night's first round of the NFL draft. There you go. Tell them about it. Coach's Corner in Savannah will be there for the first round. I'll be broadcasting live uh, from 2 to 3, and then, of course, 3 and out from 3 to 6. And then we're going to be hanging out for the first round because we have a little competition going on. We'll have more information about the prizes coming as the week goes. But come out to Coach's Corner, fill out your top 10 picks for the NFL draft, and whoever gets the closest is going to win a little something from Coach's Corner. So, again, that coming up on Thursday, we'll be broadcasting live from Coach's Corner. Three and out coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas is breaking out where the Jaguars are at. Also going to do a little comparison between Aiden Hutchinson and Trevon Walker, see what the Jaguars could be getting with that number one overall pick. If you miss any portion of our show, check it out on ESPNCoastal.com. We will see everyone tomorrow.